Asante came to TurboTax after graduating from culinary school and landing a job in the hottest kitchen in town. My hands are full all day, every day. I love it. Asante, as your TurboTax expert, I'll make your moves count, guaranteeing 100% accurate filing and your maximum refund. Sound good? Yes, expert! Switch to Intuit TurboTax and make your moves count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. You get engaged, you start planning your wedding, and all of a sudden, everyone has an opinion on invitation wording, who should pay for what, cash bars, inviting kids to the wedding, and what traditions absolutely have to be included. And at some point, it feels like you are drowning in wedding etiquette and rules. Today, we're going to take a step back and reframe everything. That's coming up next on the Wedding Planning Podcast. Hey there, it's Kara, and the goal of our time here together on the Wedding Planning Podcast is pretty simple. I want you to have all the resources and the confidence to plan the wedding you want, minus the crushing stress, expense, and overwhelm that's felt by so many engaged couples. I've been sharing my signature wedding planning advice on the podcast for eight years now, and for the first time ever, I've opened up my door to one-on-one wedding strategy calls. Whether you're looking for just one session to get your wedding plan started or a series of ongoing support calls throughout your engagement, I'm here for you. Get the details and book your first call today when you visit wedpodcast.com. Enjoy the show. Thank you as always so much for joining me here this week for an in-depth conversation all about reframing wedding etiquette and rules. Now you may already be noticing that everyone in your life has an opinion on what you quote, should do as you're planning your wedding. And this comes from every direction from well meaning friends and family members. And hello, let's not forget good old strangers on the internet, including but certainly not limited to social media influencers, wedding planning blogs, major wedding websites, and noisy chat rooms full of people you don't even know who can't wait to tell you what they think about your napkins, dress alterations, or your budget dilemmas. I mean, at some point, I think every single one of us feels like we are drowning in everyone else's wedding etiquette guidelines and rules. Well, today, my friend, we are going to press pause on all of that, and we're going to take a step back and reframe the way we look at these wedding, quote, etiquette guidelines and rules. Now, I appreciate that you're listening from all different backgrounds, regions, and cultures. And I have a story about that in just a minute. But the point being that we all come from very different 
backgrounds, cultures, and experiences. And part of the inspiration for today's topic and today's conversation is that in my life specifically, my now husband and I, we come from two very different parts of the country. And our separate families have very different expectations of what should and shouldn't happen at a wedding. Now, where John is originally from, it is totally normal. And this is within the Italian and Catholic culture, all kind of smashed up. But where he's from and on his side of the family, it is totally normal to spend a ton of money on a humongous wedding with all the extended family and every single friend of all of your parents, everyone involved. The bride's family typically pays for this. It would be unheard of to have a cash bar at a wedding like this. It would be very strange if you didn't have limousines picking up the wedding party and transporting them. It would be unheard of not to invite children. Now, where my family is from and in the culture that my family was brought up in, pretty much everything opposite of what I just described. I personally have a very small family, and on my side, celebrating your reception in the basement of the Lutheran Church with no booze and serving some cookies, that's pretty normal. Now, given all of these really unique cultural and familial and traditional backgrounds that we all come from, you and your partner may be coming from a similar place, but you might not. You might be coming from two very opposite places, uh, such as the example of my husband and I, and that's not even an extreme example of opposites. You could have two completely 180 degree different cultures coming together. Where things get complicated is when our expectations of what a wedding quote should look like, or the things that our families are projecting onto us or our friends are projecting onto us of what we quote should be doing, when that conflicts with our desire and our vision and our style, our personalities, and last but certainly not least, when that conflicts with your budget, that is where things start to get complicated. And that's where I start to hear couples say they are overwhelmed, or they are experiencing anxiety about planning, because they can't please themselves and everyone else. This is a real stress point, And we're going to talk about it today. No matter where you're from or what beliefs you're bringing into the wedding planning process, I am a firm believer in your wedding day being an expression and a celebration of you and your fiance, your partner. At the end of the day, the two of you are making a really special commitment to one of to one another, excuse me, and you're looking to celebrate that commitment with your loved ones. That's it. That's really what your wedding boils down to. And that very essence, that right there, is the second major inspiration for today's conversation. And it's the foundation of literally my entire wedding planning philosophy. And I'll paraphrase it here because it's literally the centerpiece of everything we're talking about today and pretty much every single show that I ever create and share with you. You 
and your partner, the two of you need to be at the center of every single piece of your wedding celebration and the planning. With all that said, and I know it was a mouthful, but it's very important. With all that said, let's put it into practice and let's look at a few wedding etiquette rules or what you think you should do. Let's look at these uh, examples that I'm going to share with you with a fresh set of eyes and forget what everyone else is doing and forget what your moms think you should do. And let's just open up the possibilities beyond that and start fresh. You always have the support from me to ditch what everyone else is doing and to craft your wedding day your way. And I'll say here this doesn't mean I'm not encouraging anyone to be blatantly rude or outwardly disagreeable to your family or your future in-laws. I am not suggesting that you sneak around behind your partner's back to sabotage something that you know they really want. You're going to need to continuously deploy common sense, compromise, and understanding throughout your engagement. Let's get started. First example that I'm going to kind of illustrate for you is wedding invitations and invitation wording and when you should send your wedding invitations. So I have a few rules that I think you can completely disregard. The first rule is that you even need to send formal paper invitations. You'll hear out there that evites to a wedding are tacky. You'll hear about the way to word your invitations. There's a right way to word things and there's a wrong way to word things. Imagine what it would look like if you did not have to pay for paper invitations that you really don't place a lot of value on to begin with and you could put together a digital list of all of the people who you want to invite and you could invite them electronically with zero paper waste, zero financial waste, zero stamps to buy, zero cards for anyone to lose in their shuffle of junk mail and paperwork. What if that was not even an element? Plenty of couples today are sending electronic invitations to their weddings. It is not tacky. And a side note on tacky, I say this a lot. There is no universal tacky police. So what one person thinks is tacky, another person won't even think twice about. There's not, you're all, someone, okay, hold on, sorry, I get really worked up about this. Someone out there is always going to think that something you decide on is tacky. There's no way around it, so don't even try to fight it and just forget that part altogether and just do what you want. Word the invitation the way you want to word it. If that's fun and casual and playful and can't be found on any invitation etiquette guideline website out there, then so be it. That's totally fine. And then moving on to our next example, let's talk about all of those certain wedding traditions that, quote, should be included in your ceremony and in your reception. So a quick list of things off the top of my head that fall into this category would be first dances, a cake cutting ceremony, your garter toss, bouquet toss, unity candle during the ceremony, or sand ceremony, a money dance, having flower girls, ring bearers, 
depending on where you are in the planning stages, you might be finding yourself planning an entire wedding reception timeline around a bunch of these side traditions that are completely meaningless to you. So for example, the garter toss. I have zero, zero judgment. If this is something that you want to do, I did it at my wedding. However, I will share very candidly that it was a really embarrassing moment. And in hindsight, I wish we just would have skipped it. But I didn't have a wedding planning podcast or a Cara in my ear reassuring me that it was okay to skip it. We literally thought that we had to do a garter toss, a bouquet toss, a money dance, a first dance with each other, and a first dance with their dad, and a first dance with their mom. We thought we had to do all of this stuff. So we went through the motions of it, even though, again, in hindsight, I ask myself, why did we do that? What did that add to our reception? What did that add to the overall experience? Nothing, because it wasn't meaningful to us in the first place. I've been working with a couple inside of my digital planning package recently whose on-site coordinator for their venue had them entering the reception, doing a first dance, cutting their cake, and then sitting down at their head sweetheart table all alone, just the two of them. And she had all of that happening in like seven minutes. The couple was not going to go to their own cocktail hour. They weren't going to be able to mingle or hug or celebrate or kiss any of their guests. They were just checking, not they, the coordinator was checking off the boxes. And she checked off one, two, three, four boxes, seven minutes. We can get you seated at your sweetheart table seven minutes after it begins. And then we can just keep going like a freight train. Press pause. None of this stuff has to be included. If you're stressing out about a first dance with your new husband or your wife, or you're agonizing over what song you should choose for your father-daughter dance or your mother-son dance, or your mother hates to dance and is going to be so mortified to dance in front of everyone, but you feel like you have to do that, it's fine. Just cut it out. Just skip it. You don't have to do it. Full permission to just drop any of these traditions that do not reflect you, your relationship, your priorities, your values, skip it. Okay, we're going to take a very, very quick break here. My friend Susan has an incredible travel offer for you, and I will be back in just a minute. Susan's Travel Services is so excited to partner with you to plan your honeymoon, destination wedding, or maybe even your bachelor or bachelorette party. Susan and her team have been planning dream vacations for 27 years, and they are truly the best in the business for start-to-finish planning services. Travel and new experiences are incredibly special to me, and Susan and her team have helped me plan some unforgettable vacations, including a bachelorette party in Cabo and a family anniversary celebration in Cancun. They meticulously researched the best all-inclusive options for us based on some very specific priorities and the professional assistance in choosing location, resort, activities, and transportation was absolutely priceless. 
Susan has been in the travel business for 27 years, and she personally travels to her recommended destinations all the time. So she has firsthand on the ground experience with all the amazing resorts, excursions, and services that she recommends. From all-inclusive resorts in Mexico and the Caribbean, overwater bungalows in the Maldives, or that African safari that you've always dreamed of, save yourself hours of research and guesswork and let Susan and her team find you the best options for a -a once-in-a-lifetime vacation. Reach out to Susan and her team today by emailing info at susanstravelservices.com and be sure to let her know that I sent you and get $50 off your final booking or $200 off your destination wedding. Her email one more time is info at susanstravelservices.com. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Okay, we're back and we're picking up with our wedding etiquette rules and what you quote should do at your wedding and we're flipping them on their heads and approaching this all with a fresh mindset that puts you your priorities and your value values right in the center of your celebration so quote wedding rule number three is that hosting a cash bar is tacky Hosting a cash bar is tacky. So this is where you have your guests pay for their drinks. Uh, Typically, this would look like non-alcoholic drinks and sodas are free of charge. And then if you want beer, wine, or cocktails, you just pay for it out of your own pocket. I have a couple who I just spoke with the other day, and they are agonizing over their guest experience versus their budget. They love wine They love cocktails, but they do not have $10,000 to foot the bill for 150 wedding guests who also love wine and love cocktails. Is a cash bar tacky? Again, you might be listening and have your tacky alarm like on full blast. Like how could you even think of making your guests pay for cocktails? In my world and the way I'm going to look at this in the way I would suggest you look at it if this is something that's literally keeping you up at night because I talk to a lot of couples where it is they are losing sleep over this and I think it's a lot tackier to go into debt for a wedding that is much more expensive than what you can afford than it is to ask your guests to pay five bucks if they want to drink a beer If footing the bill for 200 people to drink bottomless cocktails all night long falls outside the scope of what you feel like you can afford to host, then asking people to purchase their own alcoholic drinks is not tacky. You can provide water, you can provide LaCroix, you can provide sodas, and ask people to pay for their drinks if they want to drink. And this is a somewhat nuanced topic because there are a ton of options that exist between no bar and open bar. There's a big wide gray area in there. 
And I would really encourage you to check out, we've done past episodes that explore hosting your own bar. So in other words, shopping for your own booze, buying your own beer, wine, liquor. We've had dedicated conversations about hosting a dry wedding. Maybe that's an option for you. There are a ton of creative outside the box ways that we can toy with this setup so that you are not going into debt $10,000 like you just bought a new car over serving your guests drinks at your wedding. That is simply not something that is worth you losing sleep over or you paying off a credit card for five years over. If it's important to you to serve your guests cocktails and top shelf liquor and beer and wine, that's Awesome. Again, I am not judging any decisions that you make or you don't make. I'm simply offering a new way of looking at it if this is something that's becoming a stress point to you. Okay, and moving on from cocktails, I'm recording this at 10 a.m. I don't want to talk about that anymore. The next expectation that I'd like to touch on is a societal one, perhaps, but it is the expectation that weddings are expensive. And I would like to point out that your wedding doesn't have to be expensive. First of all, we touched on this earlier in the show, the entire point of your wedding is to get married to the person you love and the person who you want to spend the rest of your life with. And that, my friend, can happen for about a $25 filing fee at your municipal courthouse. So that's proof. A wedding does not have to be expensive. Have a really open mind as you're approaching this about all the various ways that you could celebrate your marriage. So again, this is mindset, what we're talking about all throughout today's show. A ton of couples get engaged and they enter the wedding planning process with a mindset that their wedding has to cost $25,000 and they're freaking out and scrambling and talking to their parents and wondering how on earth they're going to do this. But wait a minute, your wedding doesn't have to cost $25,000. Weddings today, especially in the last year and a half, we've gone huge into the trend of micro weddings inviting 10, 12 people, and that's it. Couples are eloping with just a very small handful of their closest friends and family. They're doing really small destination weddings. You can host a really small cocktail party at your favorite restaurant or a really small dinner party at a restaurant or host a brunch in your backyard. None of these things have to be expensive. I've been doing this for a long time, and it is no secret to anyone listening that there is literally advice everywhere out there about how to save money on your wedding. I'm not even exaggerating when I say there are probably a million social media profiles, blogs, websites, and YouTubers out there who cannot wait to share with you all the ways to save money on your wedding. Now, we do some of that here on the Wedding Planning Podcast, too, but this show today, this isn't about that. Today, we're talking about your mindset, and we're talking about coaching yourself into a new set of beliefs that are empowering and inspire confidence about your decision. Your wedding does not have to be expensive. 
I can help you with the mindset portion. And I want to help you with the mindset portion because that's the part that no one else is talking about. Okay, now etiquette rule, the next one up we have, that the focus of your wedding should be entirely on pleasing your guests. This is, after all, a party that you are hosting for your guests. That is a very old-fashioned etiquette rule that's out there. And I will start by saying that, first of all, it's not a party. And second of all, unless you're charging your guests admission to your wedding, which I don't think you are, you're the one footing the bill. Now, of course, you want to go out of your way to reasonably accommodate your guests. That's what hosting is all about. But that does not mean that you need to go broke in the process. Do not worry about what people will think if you do X or Y or Z. What if people judge you for making them wait a couple hours between the reception and the ceremony? We should arrange for some kind of entertainment to happen in there. We should arrange for transportation so that no one has to worry about calling an Uber. They don't have to worry about driving. What if people think we're cheap because we only serve beer and wine? What if someone's offended by the fact that we're not having a religious ceremony? Let it go. Let it go. Let go of feeling judged about what you do or what you don't do. Okay, the next wedding etiquette rule we're going to touch on and turn upside down are the old-fashioned rules about who should pay for what. Look, we're a long ways away from the days when the bride's dad would give the groom's family farm animals in exchange for taking his daughter's care off his hands. Old-fashioned rules about the bride's family paying for the wedding and the groom's family paying for the rehearsal dinner and the bar, all of that has pretty much gone by the wayside at this point in our lives. Not always, of course. I realize that not in all cases, sometimes couples do still do that and that's totally fine. So I'm not suggesting that this specific breakdown of who pays for what never happens anymore. I'm merely suggesting that if you are a young woman who is engaged and assuming that your parents are going to pay for the wedding without having an explicit conversation with them about it, I would highly recommend having a meeting ASAP to make sure that you're all on the same page. Most of the couples who I work with via this podcast finance some, if not most, of their wedding plans on their own. That could be a commentary on our generation, on the characteristics of podcast listeners in general, or a combination of the two. I am not an economist who studies social and financial trends of the young adult age demographic, but the bottom line is that it's definitely not safe to assume that your parents will be footing the bill for your dream wedding without having an outright conversation with them about exactly who will be paying for exactly what. 
So if you're stressing out because you've heard that the groom's parents should pay for the rehearsal dinner and the bar, but the groom's parents don't have any money to share with you at all, then we need to rewrite your expectations and reframe your mindset around the finances to get you up to speed with accepting that you may be responsible for some, most, or all of the wedding expenses. Okay, and we're going to round out today's show with a lighthearted topic, which is traditional, quote, wedding clothing and what we, quote, should wear as the bride or a groom or any variation of the terms that you use. Now, for lots of us, this is going to mean a white-ish dress that comes from a wedding dress store. However, you can by all means expand your definition of what your wedding dress will look like and where it comes from. Colorful gowns, wedding suits, pantsuits, short dresses, total non-wedding dresses has been gaining in popularity over the years. And I also love the idea, again, of wearing a non-wedding dress altogether. Literally going to the store and picking out a dress you love especially if you're going for a more casual wedding celebration. Take it, take this, extend it. Your bridesmaids, they don't need to match and they don't need to wear bridesmaids dresses. They can go out shopping and wear anything that you all agree to. And then of course, the same goes for the gentlemen. Long gone are the days of expecting to find the groom and the groomsmen in some form of tuxedo. I encourage you to be very playful about your clothing choices, make it fit your personalities, fit your celebration. So if shorts and flip-flops are perfectly great for your beach wedding or pants and shirts that you bought at a Labor Day sale at the mall for 50% off from a normal store, that's totally fine. In closing and to wrap up today's conversation, as I started creating this episode, it was about finding some specific traditions that I wanted to encourage you to think twice about if you were finding yourself on the fence. As I look back on our time together today, I see very clearly that our conversation was all about mindset and coaching yourself to stand up for your priorities and confidently tune out the rest. I know that can be easier said than done. I know that it takes practice. It takes consistency. It takes a lot of mental discipline. And I'm always here to support you in that. I hope this week's conversation was helpful. I will meet you again right here, same time, same place next week. Have a great day. Thank you so much for joining me this week on the Wedding Planning Podcast. I've been sharing my signature wedding planning advice on the podcast for eight years now, and for the first time ever, I've opened up my door to one-on-one wedding strategy calls. Whether you're looking for just one session to get your wedding plan started, or a series of ongoing support throughout your engagement, I'm here for you. Get the details and book your first call today when you visit wedpodcast.com. We'll talk soon. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. 
just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.